We are all about providing innovative therapy for our patients, but teletherapy was not on our list. That's what we're talking about today on The Working Therapist. Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirstie Miles. So today we are talking about teletherapy, and just as a full disclaimer as we start this thing, this was teletherapy, of, of Kirstie, I don't know if it's fair to say, I think it might be fair to say for both of us, you and I were not a fan of teletherapy. Oh my gosh, so much groaning over this. <laughs> we, uh, we've never, we've never been a fan. <laughs> we have never been a fan of teletherapy, right? We get asked on interviews all the time, do you provide teletherapy? Yes. No. No. Now we have to say yes. I know, right? <laughs> so prior to COVID-19, if you would ask Kirstie or I, hey, do you provide teletherapy or do you want to provide teletherapy? I'd have been like, uh-uh, no. No. Mm-mm. Nope. No. <laughs> And so there is no pause. No, there's not a pause. <laughs> there's not a pause. That no is coming out before that question's done. Yeah, there's, there's no pause. So you have choice. A one, you can clean all the bathrooms on your hands and knees a. with the toothbrush. <laughs> with the toothbrush, or you can do tell A, or you can do teletherapy. A. <laughs> so yeah, that would have been what I chose to do because yep. we're so hands on. We are, and we we're are. so like in the moment. And we've both talked about on this podcast multiple times how almost time stops in a therapy session because you're so hyper-focus on that one person and face-to-face. And I mean, I don't keep my hands off of people in a teletherapy, not teletherapy, in a therapy session. So I really wasn't into teletherapy. (laughs) But because of COVID-19, we were shoved into teletherapy. Here's the reason why. Because these families still need us. And they still they have, do. yeah. And so these kids who have issues, the issues aren't going away because of COVID-19. And in some ways are magnified because these parents are at home all day with the kids and they might not have been there doing school Nobody's therapy. In school. Nobody's in school. They're doing their home teaching these kids. They're doing everything at home with these kids now. And so some of the issues that they have, like if the child wasn't sleeping, it's magnified because now the parents not sleeping, the child's not sleeping. And then you're at home all day with a cranky kid, you know, potentially. Or if a child's having trouble reading a paragraph and then doing their word problems because they don't understand the language or what's happening in the word problem, not the math part, but just the word problem, the language issue. We have this all the time in speech. They can't get their math homework done. But oh my gosh, mom's got to figure out how to get her other kid on a Zoom meeting with his teacher at 11.50. Bless her. I know. (laughs) And then they also got another child crying at the kitchen table now because they can't get the word problems done because they don't understand the language and the word problems to figure it out to get to the math part. Anyway, We've been that's there. all there. We kind of know. <laughs> yes, we do kind of know. We totally understand that. No. So basically, we care about doing speech. When I say we, me, myself and Kirsty, and then everybody here at PDT care about doing speech, occupational, physical therapy, and helping families and kids. That's what we do every day, all day long. So because that's our mission and what we do, and we have the best people to do it and the best staff to help us get it done, we had to do teletherapy. But we didn't enter into it lightly, and we didn't enter into it really happily at first at all. So the first place we started, which is where we always start, is, okay, so what does ASHA, the APTA, and the AOTA say about doing teletherapy? What are the rules? Mm -hmm. So we started there, and quite frankly, the PT Association wasn't any happier than you were about doing teletherapy. Nope, they were not. (laughs) They were the last one to say yes. They Um, were. And the, the NCPT board was the last one to say yes. And so while ASHA was already on board with it. Well, they for lapsed speech. on some of their rules mm-hmm. and licensure 
requirements for it well not licensure but they relax on some of the platforms regarding hipaa you know because there was pretty strict hipaa guidelines well, you with used platforms. to have to have it on your license you d well that's true that you did have to use it on your license for north carolina mm -hmm. and they had regulations about assistants doing it and also the supervision like for a cf and all right. that and the supervision with an assistant doing all that they relaxed yeah so yeah. then the ot board came yep. through and said yes <clears throat> yep then the pt board came through and said yes so we had the three boards saying yes you can do teletherapy but none of the insurances were clear on how they were going to reimburse for services, how they were going to handle this. And so we were waiting for all the pieces to be in place and yep. know all of the rules before we could say, okay, we're doing teletherapy. So because of that, we didn't just jump into teletherapy as soon as COVID-19 hit. We had to wait for all of those things to happen first. No, there was a lot of really awesome webinars in the evening <laughs> to get educated. <laughs> that was a good time. Yes, we had we did many webinar over dinner and we did many a webinar during the course of the day and we read a bunch of stuff that was super exciting and fun to read, right? I'm still doing webinars here and there on teletherapy, yeah. even though we've done it now for over a month there was many a webinar that i listened to from various insurance companies were like yeah we don't know the answer to that we'll get back to you yeah we don't know the answer about Every that we'll get time. back to you <laughs> and so, we'll yeah. have that in two days that'll yeah. be out on the whatever date and they would give you another date for follow-up yep. and you're like oh my god what code do we use uh, mm, uh we'll get back with you about that um there was a lot of that there was just it's a lot of that it's been an evolving process mm -hmm. but again we understood that we still wanted to help families and kids and many families were choosing not to be face-to-face -face, and we understood all that because we were also putting guidelines in here our practice about face-to-face -face therapy and as well at the same time but a lot of our kids have a lot of other medical a lot of medical problems and so it's not really safe for them to be out in the community right this minute no they have respiratory illnesses right. they have heart conditions right. two of the big factors with covid so yeah. we understand the need to be very careful and as a practice we're not managing dating a certain date where people return face to face no. at this time mm -hmm. you know we're still continuing to run both because really it fills a need right now it does fill a need because a lot of these kids have gone from a very structured day at school and after school activities or just or whatever their day is to a very non-structured day and so the teletherapy does help allow for some structure during the day but we didn't want to start any of it until we understood guidelines from all of our boards and from insurances and then also we understood the HIPAA guidelines we even consulted an attorney who specializes in HIPAA law and all that even though the board said okay for your platform that you're using to communicate with people they relax a lot of those HIPAA guidelines but other HIPAA guidelines didn't relax at all so you can't have your screen up so you have to be really careful even about like the camera on your computer you know you've got to be careful about covering it up in between sessions because I don't know if that camera is still live or not or whatever even if you're going to move your camera from one room to a next in our clinic you know the therapist has to cover the camera up because she could see somebody else walking in the hallway and that'd be a HIPAA violation. What if you share your screen and your EMR system is up and it's got your schedule for the day and every if single patient you that you're seeing comes violation. up, that would be a direct HIPAA violation. And so there was a lot of education pieces that had to go into educating yes. the therapist before we could put this into place because yep. some things you do without necessarily thinking about how that's going to impact in a therapy session. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to make sure that all of that was in place. Well, and really here at this practice, we got rid of sticky notes a very long time ago. We don't use sticky notes we have our other system of how we keep track of stuff here instead of a sticky note except for teletherapy because sticky notes are really good about covering your camera up if you have to move from room 
to room in a teletherapy session so that you don't get anybody seeing anybody else as you're walking down the hallway. I saw a therapist doing that and I was like, yep, we're going to get some sticky notes for just that purpose right there. <laughs> so, oh boy. <laughs> she's letting sticky notes no, back in the building. No, very limited ver and everybody's issued like three and <laughs> just saying, when the sticky wears off, come to me, I'll give you a new sticky. Now that sounds amazing. sound like I'm a control freak. <laughs> so, and, so whatever. Okay, moving on, moving on. But teletherapy has presented some challenges, but I think overall the good far out some of the challenges well, and we're working through that and yeah. we even looked into because at first when it first started to emerge as a bigger thing due to covid it was telemedicine telehealth teletherapy right. and we as a practice wanted to call it the right thing call it what you're doing i mean we say that all the time just in therapy like what are you doing call it what you're doing that's important for billing bill what you did call it what you're doing. We're not doing telemedicine. We are not doing telehealth. We are doing teletherapy. I think that's really important that you said that. And that's what it is. And that's what we've called it. So today we want to talk about teletherapy, give everybody some strategies and tips regarding how best to do a teletherapy session, how it's best working for us. And we'll talk through that. That's what we're going to do today. But before we start it, there's a couple of things to think about regarding teletherapy. The first is, so if you're FaceTiming with like a grandparent or something, and you've got like a two or three year old, it's okay for them to come in and out of the picture and come in and I was out. I like, you got like a two minute window. Yeah. Grandma and they're, Grandpa's going to say, hey, around. how are you doing? What'd you do today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're gone. <laughs> but the two and three year old doesn't know that this teletherapy session is any different than FaceTime with Grandma and Granddad. You know? So you've got to sort of talk to the parent at first and say, okay, here's where I need your body to be. Here's where I need their body to be. So you got to kind of set the stage and the context. And so to help create the space, you know, I think that's really important. And I've talked a lot, a lot, a lot of therapists about that. You know, I've had this discussion with therapists, explain to the parent, put the computer out of reach of the child because we've had a computer broken that way mm -hmm. by, for the parent or mm -hmm. the child took the phone and threw it mm -hmm. and so explain to them that you're going to coach them but put it where they can reach it but the child cannot yeah so we've had to adapt yeah we've had to adapt and then is there anything that you wanted to say at the beginning but just when you're talking about the expectation where they are where the child's body is i think it's really important to go back to some very simple basics of the what this teletherapy session is doing because we've had parents say you know no i don't want to come in because of covid so no i don't want face to face and you know what my child's young they're three they're not going to sit in front of the camera or the computer so i don't want teletherapy either i just don't want to have services right now so it takes a minute to educate them on we don't expect your three-year-old or your two-year-old to sit in front of the computer or you have an infant with torticollis we don't expect them to do their own therapy <laughs> either so this is going to be more of a coaching session so right. what's going to happen is the therapist is going to be explaining to you what you can do or getting involved in the routine of your day to help you implement things to help your child through this time right so really this is just a filling the gap and filling the need until we we can get you back in face-to-face face. Face face because yep. really that's what we do our skill set is such that we are providing hands-on therapy you can't provide neurodevelopmental therapy and you can't provide oral motor exercises to children through a computer I mean you can best fill the gap and instruct the parent but it's never going to be the same handling that you would do as a therapist it's no. never going to be the same amount of pressure applied because they just don't have the same education that you do. You no. can explain it to the best of your ability, but it's not going to be equal no. to what you give here in clinic. 
No, you're right. Exactly. So I think the first thing to think about as you start the session as you're the therapist is the main first thing is, okay, so what do I want to accomplish in today's session? And this is piggybacking on what you're saying because you kind of gave me the perfect opening, but what do I want to accomplish? All right. So I want to accomplish So maybe you have five goals. Well, of those five goals, and we've done podcasts where we talked about, hey, you're not targeting all your goals in a therapy session, but in, for a teletherapy session, you may really truly not be able to get all five goals done. So pick the main thing that you want to do, the main types of things. And then you want to tell the parent to begin with, okay, in this session, here's what I want to get done. These are what I want to accomplish. Here's what I'm going to need for you to do. So let's just take our tick. We're going to work on K and G. So for this session, I'm going to work on K sounds and G sounds. I'm going to work on K first in the initial position of words and two word phrases. And I'm going to work on K sounds at the end of words and single words. Here's where I want you to touch his face or her face, you know, to help me when they, you do a T instead of a K sound, I want you to touch and you direct them what you want them to do. Because you're the coach now, so the parent is actually doing the intervention or the touch on the child's face, right? Same thing you're kind of talking about. But you have to think at first, what do I want to do? And then how am I going to get it done? So you set the stage. So you want to tell the parent, okay, this is where I need for the child's body to be. This is where I need for your body to be. And this is where I'm going to be. This is what I want to do. And this is how I want you to help me. So it's a lot of coaching and directing. So, but if you don't know what you want to do, it's not going to go well. And for you and I uh, that have been practicing for a number of years, this is not so far-fetched because mm -mm. early intervention here in North Carolina, this is the model that they want you to do anyway. So right. for you and I, you're like, okay, we're doing the same thing we would do in early intervention in the home, in the coaching session. We're just doing it through a computer now. Well, so for us, it's not that out there, but it is... an adaptation it is well in birth to three they want you to coach the parent direct the parent how to do it that kind of thing in the home and all that exactly well and honestly for auditory verbal therapy for children who have a cochlear implant they've been doing it this way forever not when i say forever i mean like you know 15 years but anyway they direct the family on what they want to do and then they do it but you're really coaching the family on what to do and how to do it you know a lot of that therapy has been happening for a very long time over a computer a lot of families can't get to an avt therapist to make it happen you know mm -hmm. so it has been happening this way for a long time and it's the same type of thing so you have to sort of change your expectations but if you don't have a plan for what you want to do and why you want to get it done you're really already at a disadvantage and it's not going to be an effective therapy and it's just going to end up a free-for-all mm -hmm. meaning running around and hey grandma grandpa and then they run to the kitchen and run back that's what's going to end up it's going to be like hey birthday call facetime birthday call <laughs> well and it's going to be very telling because if that's how you deliver therapy face to face it's going to be tenfold in a teletherapy Whoa, session. Very bad. But we say that anyway. You know, yes. you have to have a plan going into your therapy session, but you also have to have a backup plan to your plan and a backup plan to the backup plan because when they don't want to do that. And they won't want to do that. And yes. they won't. <laughs> yes. Because that's just what happens when you work in pediatrics. Right. You have something to fall back on because you're still connected. Yeah. And you've now got still 20 minutes left in your therapy session. So what like, you're going to uh -oh. do? oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, oopsie. Yeah. So you have to have a, what do you want to do and how, why do you want to do it automatically at the beginning of your therapy session? You want to set the stage. This happened last week. So last week we had a little boy working with this mother, by the way, she was, this mother was absolutely phenomenal. At the end of the session, I was like, have you ever considered maybe going to school as far as to be a speech therapist? She was amazing, this mother. Anyway, so she was following all the guidelines. The therapist was giving great instruction to the mom. Phenomenal. I was in the session too, as helping the therapist 
therapist. But anyway, but this therapist was giving phenomenal instruction to the mom who was doing great. This little boy was zero to three, working on attention span and also just using words, initiating, not screaming, but for things, but talking for things. So we're working on like me. But the biggest problem we had was the space we were working in was huge. So this little boy was running back and forth, back and forth across the den, and we couldn't get him in one spot. So we said to the mom, okay, put him in the corner, you sit in front of the corner, put the computer on the behind you. We don't need to see you. We need to see him, you know, and then we'll give you direction. You don't need to see us either necessarily and give you direction and then have 10 toys that he wants set up behind you. So we had to change the space of the room. And when we did, the whole therapy session changed, went totally different because this mother is, by the way, phenomenal, but she was doing everything perfect. It's just, we had to change the space, but we had to know what we wanted to do and why we wanted to do it. So we know we need to get him to ask for something. Well, if he can run around the room and get it himself, he doesn't have a need to ask for anything. So we had to change the room. And that's typically what we do in a therapy session anyway, when we're here face to face is the environmental setup is huge. We talk about that all the time. So now an advantage to doing teletherapy is you see the child in their natural environment. Mm -hmm. So now my hope from doing this is that the carryover is going to be that much greater because now you understand better because you have a visual of their environment. I 100% agree with you. I have more to say on that one in a minute. So the first thing we want to think about is, okay, if those so therapists, first thing, think about what you want to do and why you want to do it. Then you want to set the stage for how you're going to get done and you want to tell the parent. So this is what I want to do, how I'm going to do it. You want to set the stage and set the room and then you want to do it. When I say you want to do it, meaning you want to give all of your, everything you're going to do is revolving around the what you want to do and why you want to do it. So in the doing it, remember you're now the coach and you're coaching them on what you want to do. So you don't want to have a lot of extra discussion because this is a new thing for the parents. So they're not the ones who are usually used to doing the intervention, right? So you don't want to in the middle of the session say, so how did it go with the doctor last week for whatever because that's the what we're trying to get him to say me right now what I don't know about the doctor last week you know it's too much so you have to really sort of slow down what you want to say and I know listen to this podcast you're thinking well I didn't know that she could talk at a slower speed I can only in therapy sessions but anyway but you want to slow it down and sometimes you want to do less talk is better again if you listen to this podcast you're like I don't know what that woman is thinking because usually I'm like more is better and I talk fast but anyway but in a therapy session sometimes less is more you want to slow it down and only maybe just say the most important thing because it can get confusing after you've done the session no different than when you're in clinic is you do a wrap-up you review what you did why you did it and what are they going to do between what we just did and the next session they have with you whether it's later this week or next week what is that one thing that you want them to focus on Mm -hmm. and it should be what you just did Mm-hmm. Right. So if you said, OK, so next what you just did or related in some way to what you just did or a smaller part of what you just did, because now you've got a part task it to make it something doable in their everyday life. And this is where when you said the thing about you can see their home, this is where you can modify what you just did, because now you have all the information about the home. And so you have may have started the session saying, OK, today we want to work on, I don't know, give me a PT thing like. Um, no, use your example like yeah. in the corner. So. Okay, it's not going to probably be realistic for mom to corner him off during the day. But do you give him a bath every night or every other night? Bath time is a perfect. He's confined. You can put all the tub toys behind you and make him request what he wants in the bathtub. There's already part of your daily routine. You don't have to make any changes to your day or your schedule. That's good. And it's incorporated. That's good. I'm going to start using that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No, I'll be. And pretty soon I'll forget you gave me, told me that. Peyton's going to own 
own it. So it's actually recorded. That's going to be a problem. But anyway, so eventually I'm going to reference for, you back to this. That's right, I'm going to be like, I don't know what she's talking about. I've never done a pod. But eventually I'll forget that you said it and I'll think it's my idea. Actually, we, <laughs> here we've sold those, you know, those little, um, you put your finger over the top of it and it rains. Oh, and yeah. I um, had those with my little one when he was little. I got that for friends gifts. And I, when I went and met, traveled to visit her and I showed her how to use it in the bathtub, bathtub is one of my favorite times because even for when my kids were really little, it was like, everybody's happy at bath time. Everybody likes to play in the water. And you know, I give exercises always in a bathroom, like do. stretching heel cords, brushing teeth. <laughs> so a lot that happens for you in a bathroom, but yeah. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently. You do tend to focus a lot in a bathroom. I think you give a lot of bathroom examples on the podcast too, quite honestly, if I we do. think about it. A lot of bath chairs. <laughs> comes, all comes back to a bath chair. Not I don't actually know. going to the bathroom, <laughs> but no, no. Everything else related in bathroom activities. <laughs> anyway, you're just a clean person. Anyway. Um, everybody's happy and I can see them both. That's exactly what I did with Carter and Landon for years. It might be six o'clock and I'm like, it's bath time. For me, bath time was a saving grace. So I'm like, that's easy. Going to your example with like the little water thing, but also we have soap that you can use in the bathtub too, and you can squirt the soap out. And so you can squirt the soap and then they have to request for more, squirt more soap, request for more, that kind of thing. But These um, are all future podcasts, by the way. Yeah, that's right. We'll use all these later. These are great. We should do a whole podcast on bathroom play. Yeah, that oh would actually gosh. be awesome. Oh my gosh. That would be a really good one. We have, because we, we have a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Friday. They're They've gonna, lost their mind again. <laughs> They're going to talk about There's bathroom. a lot of stuff that I can do in a bathroom for therapy. I'm like getting to and from the bathroom, bear walking. We have a whole other podcast. We have a whole podcast. Stay tuned, people. I'm not going to do a podcast from the bathroom. <laughs> We're just going to talk about the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah. And not from an ADL perspective either. There's a lot that can happen in that. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you. So the takeaway about this is you learn a lot about the child's environment from what's happening in their house. And then you can change the what you wanted to do and why you wanted to do it. The home stuff that you can give the family, you can change it as a, depending on what happened in that session. Same thing. Um, I did a session with a therapist again last week, and this little girl was doing her math homework. And when she got first started the teletherapy session, she was kind of upset because she was like, I can't figure out this math homework. And she was really upset, bless her little soul. So that's what we did in our therapy session was her math homework. It was so language based. It wasn't even funny. I mean, I think there was some math in there, but it was all like word problems and it was all like graphing and that kind of stuff. You had to decipher and read the directions and what was saying. So it was great for her because all of her goals had to do around being able to read a story and answer questions and picking out the detail and then being able to infer stuff from the story. Like this math homework was perfect. It was 10 times better than what we had identified for her to do. So we just did that. And the therapist I was working with, different therapist from the little boy I said, was fantastic. She's like, okay, well, let's read the math homework to me. And then she's like, I can do all these goals with that. And we did it. She got her math homework done. She was happy. And then we were able to tell the mom for their next school work because school was going to happen tomorrow too same type of stuff how we did it how we modified it the mom was relieved the little girl was happy it was a great session it was a great session so what we wanted to do was still we already knew that going in we just shifted the activity and it was great session the mom was thrilled. She's like, oh my gosh, you got her math done? I'm like, well, I don't know if the math is right, but the language part's right on it. <laughs> no, the math was right. <laughs> but we, yes, well, we did. But she understands now what the question's asking. And her mom was like, was that the problem? And we said, yes, it wasn't the math. The little girl could do the math easy. She couldn't figure out what the question was asking. So as far as physical therapy goes, occupational therapy, a lot of what we're doing is, again, explaining to the parent for OT, the 
the therapist might have the parent go get a piece of paper, get a pen, yep. get some crayons, and walk them through what they need to do. Uh, you know, for physical therapy, we're seeing babies all the way up to teenagers. And so there's a huge difference in treating those two. You know, the baby, we're having to use a baby doll or some sort of <laughs> floppy baby stuffed animal that we can show the parent, mm-hmm. you know, for torticollis, how to hold them, how to position them in quadruped or prone, how to facilitate rolling and handling that's really hard to do if you don't know yourself how to do what you're doing Mm -hmm. because now you have to break it all down and explain it and so there's a lot that goes into that and then we've been working on really having therapists break it down to be able to explain it to the parent and it does take into account to modifying the environment we've had multiple discussions on different children with sensory needs and vestibular and some different reflex integration and you're like well they need to work on crawling and weight bearing and build a fort in the living room that they've got to crawl under have them crawl under the coffee table that is not so much as important as explaining to the parent why it's important Mm -hmm. why they need this input hey they have never crawled they went right to walking they didn't build that poem or arch that's why they're having trouble holding the pen properly to write their letters so we're going to back it up and we're going to do this crawling under the coffee table and bear walking to the bathroom or wherever the bedroom see i'm using the bathroom again there you go Uh, oh my lordy because i go do you have to go there multiple times in a day kids spend a lot of time in the bathroom they do yeah mm-hmm. not to wash their hands but no they do. But just water play and, <laughs> and sundry other things but, yeah. um, so i think it's just important as a therapist and it kind of hammers home for us why are you doing what you're doing mm-hmm. because the most important piece during the teletherapy is the explanation it becomes the education mm-hmm. well and i think like you said about building the fort and giving parents something to do a lot of these kids are going like we said earlier a structured environment to a very non-structured environment and so I think there's given, no school. Right. And so sometimes this teletherapy session is the only structured thing they have in the whole day. Potentially. They might have a homework excitement that came from their teacher. But when is it getting done? Is it 10 o'clock today? Right. 3 o'clock tomorrow? It's all over the map. You're there to help that parent identify that your child is going to flourish with a structure. Mm-hmm. So here's breakfast time. Here's lunch mm-hmm. time. Are they old enough to be a part of making the lunch? Can you make that a multiple step direction Mm -hmm, thing? mm -hmm. Can you incorporate stuff that they already have to do into the everyday, your therapy goals? Can you work with them to create a picture schedule of what goes on the sandwich next? We're going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, it's not hard to do but you've got to think of why you're doing what you're doing. Yep. And you can give them like even just setting the table. Okay. You know, go get the cups. What did you hear? the cups oh I got to get the cups put the cup get three cups get one cup get five cups you know whatever and put them on the table that's a multiple step direction there and they really have to listen for the details follow the directions ask for clarity it's a huge therapy opportunity there but I think teletherapy gives you the way opportunity to see some of that that maybe we didn't think about for being face-to-face and then carry it out that way it's just a different way to do it I get so excited when some of the stuff that we've done in clinic with the reason and rationale behind it, like if we've made goals for a child to carry a spillable object because they're working on balance, but you're also working on divided attention. So Mm -hmm. not only do I have to balance, but lunch tray in the school, like what if I get soup that day or what if I get a slushy or something that's spillable and I have to carry it on my tray. So then they carry it over to home. Mom, he needs to take the milk cups to the table. And I get so excited when I see that transition to be like, you took something 
practical in everyday use and now you're implementing it in home therapy. It's interesting. I noticed that when we first started a lot of teletherapy, especially in the speech sessions, there was a lot of worksheets that happened. Like people would download a lot of worksheets and I think a lot of the therapists were like, oh gosh, we've got to send this to this family in advance so they have it ready and all of that. And we have definitely moved away from that. A lot of our discipline meetings we're doing every week where we do like speech, OT and PT meetings every week. We talk about intervention ideas with our therapists and stuff. And I've noticed in general, the ideas have moved away from those worksheets and more to real life stuff like the school homework. And then also just even playing games like Spot It is a great teletherapy game. You can still pick them out and the child, surprisingly, the kids really do still like to interact with the games, even though they have it on the therapist side, you know, but a lot of those action games, Spot It's not necessarily an action game, but it's a great teletherapy game because you can hold it in front of the camera. But also like that pop the pig, catch the fox, the shark game where you the shark comes and bites you. But some of those, like where the pieces move and stuff, it's actually, the kids have really enjoyed it, you know, because they're still motivated to do it. So we've used a lot of that. And I've, I'm happy that we're moved away from a lot of the worksheets and the online stuff, because it's just not as it's not fun. It's not fun. The kids don't like it. They're not as engaged. I've been really proud to see our therapists move away from a lot of that. And the kids are much more engaged. Mm -hmm. And the therapist ideas are great as a result. I mean, really great ideas. They're getting yep. pretty creative with that pop the pig. <laughs> but it's really good it's easier to carry it over because you could tell the so today we played this game and this way and we did this so you could try it at home with like I noticed this in the background you could try it home with this this and this you know I think it's important to say too that we started out kind of in a negative place about teletherapy you and I did yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know not wanting to do it it's not really what we're about but I do think it's filled a need I think mm -hmm. it's had some positive influence mm -hmm. I think it's given therapists that maybe haven't done a home visit insight to what the home is like that they didn't have before That's a good for point. you and I we've done home visits for years and we love a home visit because it gives you that added ability to adapt a homework program for the child because you know what the environments can look like but for some of our therapists that have not done a home visit they have not seen what that looks like and this has given them some insight to that so I think for that it's been very helpful I think it's forced a little bit of creativity it's caused us to have the weekly meetings and the connectedness with therapists and problem solve and troubleshoot different things it's provided a more teamwork environment when we do have to socially distance and keep apart like we still have that time to connect so I think for something that started off to be very, uh, uh, I don't want to do this. I think there has been a lot of positivity that's come out of it. I agree with you about the whole thing. And I think it's, again, it kind of goes back to we're still meeting the needs the families, just because they have COVID and, and they're choosing to stay home and not come in for face-to-face -face therapy, they still need OTPT and speech mm -hmm. for their child. So it's allowed to meet the need, which is what we do, you know, and we just have to learn to adapt in a new and different way. So it has filled the need. We, there had, <laughs> I have been working with one therapist who the parent is choosing to do teletherapy, but we need to do a foot assessment for some orthotic needs. Ah. And I'm like, well, that we're going to have to do hands-on. Yeah. <laughs> so if she does not want to come in, I have done therapy out of the trunk of a car before. Yeah. In a parking lot in the middle of Walmart. It, I can do it. So <laughs> therapy in a parking lot. <laughs> if if she does not want to come in, we can make some adjustments so that she doesn't have to come in, but her child can still get what she needs. Mm -hmm. And then we can transition it back to teletherapy. So I think it's also forced a little bit of creativity and adaptability on the part of our therapists mm -hmm. because at the end of the day it's not about us, it's about what we can we do to help our patients. I think that's the best way to end this whole podcast. I really do. It's the best way to help our patients. And that's really what this teletherapy is. 
you and I went in kicking and screaming, but it's really the best way to help our patients. And that's, that's what we've done. And this snowstorm is not over. And this thing called COVID is not done with yet. As the world starts to shift and change a little bit, it's not. So we just will continue to shift and change with our patients. But that's what we do, right? You write a new plan of care. You shift what you did before. You write a new goal plan. That's what we do. So we'll continue to work accordingly. I hope some of these ideas have helped. The main takeaway for me is know what you want to do at the beginning of the session. Tell the parent what you're going to do. Do that. And remind the parent at the end, this is what we did. Here's what I want you to do at home this week. And then next week you start there and on from there. That's the sort of the simplified version of all of that. Thank you for listening. And we will catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.